Welcome back. And today's episode, we talk about the end of the 76ers season, recapping what Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers had to say on Friday in their exit interviews and discuss a lot of things, especially James Harden, Doc Rivers, their future with this team. That's next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We like to thank today's sponsor of Locked On 76ers, Shakara Nutrition. Shakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish. Go to shakara.com slash locked on 20 to enter code locked on 20 for 20% off at checkout. Do it today, people. <laughs> Do it today. What's up, D? What's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm good. We're at the end of the season recap for this basketball team a little sooner than I expected, but here we are. First, before we get started, Keith, we got to welcome everybody for making Locked On. 76ers, uh, the first listen, of course, I'm Devon Givens from 97 Father Fanatic in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, as you can see, folks, on the YouTube, Sixers Beat Writer for the Enquirer.com. And again, thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, man, we have a lot to talk about this offseason beginning with Friday's exit interviews, the press conference, some of the players, most of the players spoke. And then you had general manager, president of basketball operations, sorry, Daryl Morey and head coach Doc Rivers out there as well, answering questions. And uh, man, it was, uh, it was, it was an interesting press conference to say the least with some of the things that those guys were laying out there. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a uh, a very interesting one. You should have seen my phone. Did he just say that? Did, Did he, he just say that? that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, no. I mean, let's let's dive into this. just kind of recapping what was said and 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 what was discussed on on Friday and and one one of the main parts for me was uh, Daryl Morey speaking about James Harden and how James Harden he's still and. Uh, paraphrasing but basically saying that he's still a great player and uh you know he's 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 going to be that player they look forward to number one they didn't have enough time they after the trade well was executed they didn't have enough time to really implement him into the offense that was interesting because James Harden also spoke right before the start of round one against the Toronto Raptors where he said he felt so much better in understanding the the offense and the playbook and where everyone was supposed to be after having a full week of practice, that was helpful for him, but they didn't have enough time. Number two, Keith also talking about how they, they can't wait for him to have a full off season, a full training camp, a full preseason. And, and listen, I understand that as well, because look, now he gets to dive into everything, but it's, it, I, I start with the great player part. And maybe I'm just mixing up and getting too caught up in the words, but great player to very good player all in the same sentence. They still believe very highly of who James Harden is. Yeah, I took that. And and you know what, D, is funny because I, I felt 
to me, that was the thing that stood out the most um, in that press conference. And, hey, y'all, if y'all want to read about it, go to inquire.com because I wrote about it. But um, but the thing is, self-plug, self-plug. But, um, but the, thing is, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, it was weird because, like you said, you know, he went from good player to great player, but he never really answered the question. Mm-hmm. He just didn't. Like, you know, and, and I hope I'm not repeating what you said, but it was one of those things where the reporter asked him, he says, does he have levels to reach as um, like o- above what he played this year, these last couple months? Or is this people have to realize that, you know, this is the new expectation. And Daryl really was like, that's when he started talking about the offseason and stuff. And then the guy came back again and said, you know, yes. So are you saying that he has some improvement to make? And Daryl still wouldn't really answer the question, right. right? He says, you know, and then so the third one was, uh, you know, uh, the third one was like, look, man, when you look at him, do you see him more of a facilitator than when he was as a rocket? And that's when he came out and said, you know, he is a great. I'm just reading a quote now. Yeah. He says, James is a great player. He has this, the ability to score a pass. Yeah, he's a very good player. We are excited for the future with him. And to me, it looked like, you know, here's the thing. When people say that and they don't answer answer the question, it leads one to believe that either Maury doesn't know what James is or he declines to say what appears to be the obvious. And what appears to be the obvious is that he can't do the things that he did before. So that's where I'm coming from, right? And and I and I'm, I'm assuming you probably feel the same way. By the way, that Daryl avoided the question. No, I did. Uh, I really did. And and again, I'm glad you read the quote word for word there because I, I I knew I heard that one right, calling him a great player and then saying he's a very good player, not really answering the question. And maybe they do have some questions about it going forward. And of course. The big numbers that we have to talk about, the $47 million opt-in, $47.5 million opt-in that he has as a player option, or deciding if he's going to sign a long-term deal. What are they going to offer him as a long-term deal? Because, Keith, they can't really – they cannot really sell anybody. They shouldn't be able to try to sell themselves on offering him a full-max contract that was believed to be talked about before of the possible number anywhere – what 240 $240 million, $250 million? The 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 uh the extension is 233. 233. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's just that just cannot happen. Mm-hmm. After what we saw, and them even projecting out and saying, well, he's gonna be fine after having an off-season of, of healing if his hamstring was in fact bothering him. And then after the play that we saw, there are no reasons in there to sit there and legitimately say that they should offer him that kind of number that the production just simply was not there. The numbers say that they were there and he had some really good games. I think a lot of people do overreact to what he did uh, because again, as we talked about in the past, he's not the Houston James Harden any longer. Joel Embiid said it in the post press conference. We'll get into that as well. But yeah, I I just thought that that was wild uh, as well with, with what Daryl Morey said, that was the one that stood out. Was there anything that stood out from doc rivers side? Um, that that caught your eye, of course your ear. Pardon me. On I mean, the one thing that Doc Rivers said to me that when he said winning is hard, right? 
you know, like 100%. to me, yeah, yeah that, that I didn't want to hear that. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. winning is hard. And, you know, I, I tried when I asked that one question, you know, it was one of those things where I wasn't trying to come across like, um, you know, attacking Doc or anything like that, but or, or Daryl. But the thing is, we got to keep it 100, you know, before they started the process, because because the Sixers couldn't get out of the second round. That's it. Right. So then they get the hinky comes. Brett Brown gets fired because they felt like they lost in the in this uh, game seven, the the four bounce right before the buzzer. You know what I mean? Right at at, at the game ended expiration. I mean, you know, uh, you know the Kawhi Leonard shot at the at the at the buzzer. They lost the four shot thing, and then they felt like, yo, we need somebody to get us better. Now he gave them another year. They got swept in the first round. Well, they brought in Doc Rivers future Hall of Fame coach. They brought in Daryl Morey, you know, one of the most renowned executives in any sport. And they still can't get out of the second round. And, you know, when Doc came back and said, well, it's hard. Winning's hard. And it's like, whoa, to me, that stood out. I didn't like hearing that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just because, because, you know, but you're getting paid eight and he's getting paid ten. You guys are supposed to be the dream team and winning's hard. I, I didn't like hearing that. Yeah, especially when, again, stating the obvious. We know that. And uh, the winning hard is the, the winning hard part is evident. And that's exactly why Josh Harris made the investment that he did to go out there and acquire, as you pointed out, uh, one of the top available head coach and the top available executive to get them past the second round. Winning is absolutely hard. We're very aware of that. And to us, at least, you were supposed to be here to, to make that change and make sure it's not as hard as it was in the past uh, to move on. You're not going to do it every year. Absolutely not. But things went the way that they did a season ago. You were part of it. And now this, this particular case, you were also part of it. And, and that's, again, stating the obvious of, of what they did. So some, some things that really stood out for us both and many others, your readers, my listeners, uh, and listeners here on the Locked On 76ers podcast. And we'll continue uh, with more of that next as, as we discuss uh, what also uh, Joel Embiid also had to say something, Keith, and we just briefly shared it uh, about James Harden and what he believes uh, about the player. And a lot of people were up in arms and starting to point fingers, and I didn't think he said anything wrong. We'll talk about it next right here on Locked On 76ers. Yeah, you know, yeah, Joel did say something, but well, like like my man D said, we'll break it down. But right now, I wanna, I wanna talk to you guys about feeling your best. You know, feeling your best starts when with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformation nutrition that builds a foundation for living your best body. Now it's time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance of all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Shakar, you get nutrition-dense uh, meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. That's what I want to hear, D. <laughs> True, right? Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprived, um, deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara organic, plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate your body intelligence 
so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want. Shakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants, right? Plants, rich ingredients. And now, right now, Shakara is offering listeners 20% off their first order when they go to shakara.com slash lockedon20 to enter code lockedon20 at checkout. That's shakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash lockedon20 to get 20% off your first order. Shakara.com slash lockedon20. Do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Absolutely do it today, people, and do it today by checking out our uh, podcast as always. And thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You got to talk about the conference finals. You got to go to Locked On Now. Conference finals are all set where the Miami Heat will be hosting the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors hosting the Dallas Mavericks. So make sure you check out Locked On Now podcast for those recaps uh, as we get ready for uh, the final four in the association, the playoffs. But Keith, Joel Embiid says something that many of us have been saying that after game six on Thursday, he, he talked about how James Harden, for anybody who was expecting Houston Harden, uh, that just wasn't fair because that's not the player that you're going to get. And you've talked about it. I've talked about it. Fans have talked about it. Listeners have talked about it. Uh, their teammates have talked about it, that, you know, James Harden is a different type of player. He's still very effective, but he's different. And but then you have those then you have the the, the national media mainly where you see them talking about, oh, Joel Embiid said James Harden is is not the Houston Harden anymore and trying to make more of it than quite honestly than it was. It wasn't really anything that he said wrong. We know it. Harden knows it. Embiid knows it. The Sixers organization know it. Where's the problem with what Joel Embiid said? I'm not seeing it. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you you don't want the guy to say, but but at the same time you do want him to say. And what I mean by that is because you know, the thing is, Joel Embiid said something that everyone's saying behind closed doors or everyone's writing. Like, I've written it before. He looks more of a facilitator than he does Houston Harden. People say that on TV. And I think what happens is what they want these guys to do now, They will, we want them to be upfront and they want them to be honest. But then at the same time, you also want them to go up there and say, hey, you know what? It ain't about James. It's about me. I need to do a better job instead of him answering a question correctly. And that's what he did. I don't really have a problem with it. You know, I, I feel like now a lot of times with this is, I mean, he, 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 he stated the obvious, but again, what it is is now it's like, well, no, you, you like, cause somebody told me that two people told me around the league said what MB did is he, he is like a code. He like, he, uh, he, he didn't go by the code. Like the code of the locker room is that you don't throw someone under the bus or you don't state the obvious or you don't do this and that. And, you know, I don't have a problem with what he said at all. I mean, now, if, if he would have said, like, get him out of here, like I'm really disappointed with him, you know, this and that, then that would have been something. 
But all he said is like what he did say. So it's one thing that everybody didn't like follow through with. Yes, he said we all thought it was going to be the Houston Harden, but it's something different. But then he came back and said, I would like for him to be more aggressive. Right. So people cut that part out. Right. And this is something that Embiid has been saying all year. I want him to be more aggressive. And then you remember last a couple of weeks ago when he said, I want him to be more aggressive. People went crazy over that until they figured out, well, Embiid's been saying this for a while. And so has Doc Rivers. And Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Everyone has said the same exact thing. It was just highlighted because they just lost. James Harden took two shots in the second half when they needed more from him. I just thought it was overblown. People were making it out to be something. It was one of the more quotable things that came out of the exit uh, interviews there for, for the bigger players on, on Thursday after the game. So, of course, you know, emotions are high and all that stuff. But he didn't say anything. All he said was the guy was not the same type of player that he's that he was, has been for so many years that we've grown accustomed to seeing with James Harden. And, uh, you know, I, I just find it I find it kind of lazy that people are picking that out as the one thing that they want to focus on when they've all been saying the same thing all time, all the time since he has been here when he took the floor and put that Sixers uniform on for the first time. Exactly. It's the realest thing that came out of that. Because, see, my thing is, like, when you start talking, people start talking about we need mental toughness, right? We need mental toughness. And we talked this last time. Like, come on, bro. We all know you need mental toughness. Like, you know, but why didn't you show it? And then when people are saying, oh, this is going to fuel me for next year. Oh, they always say that, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm uh, no offense, but the Phoenix Suns said that after they got smashed, right? So, like, everybody, like, deep down inside, they, they're hurting right then and there, and they say that. So, it's like, come on now. Like, you, you know what I mean? Milwaukee Bucks said that. Oh, this is going to fuel us for next year. We got to do this. We got to do that. I mean, come on. Like, that was the realest thing that came out. Like, that was the realest thing that came out there. And teams, you know, we, we always say what we want you to do or how we want you to say things, but then we criticize people for being real. You know, we do. We criticize them for being real. I, 100%. 100%. It was also uh, the same thing that we were talking about with Embiid earlier in the series, and, and I said the exact same thing. Uh, this was about the MVP. You ask him to be honest, he's honest, and then when he's honest, you don't like it and then say he shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> well, you can't have it both ways. It cannot have it both ways, but all of that stuff will uh, play itself out, Keith, uh, once the once the offseason really starts to get going and, and we find out about Harden's future and what his future is with his team, money-wise, years-wise. We'll, we'll get into all of that as the offseason goes along. And, of course, we'll get our answer once the ball goes up and is tipped off for the 2022-23 campaign uh, when it's all said and done. But we also have to talk about something else that Daryl Morey said uh, in the press conference that a lot of people, I'm sure some did not want to hear as 76er fans, but some were also expecting to hear. We'll get into that. That's about the head coach right here next on Locked On 76ers. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar, the new birthday cake puffs. Yes, imagine dropping your finger into a plastic cup of birthday cake frost. And you know how it comes in that, that little container, the cup, and you remove the, the foil, the seal there, and you always got to take a little 
little taste of the frosting because honestly, that might be the best part. Then, you know, opening your eyes and realizing that it's only 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Bill. I just received mine. The birthday cake puffs is fantastic. I've never had anything like this before. They are available right now. And we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I've been telling you about them for months. It's uh, pretty good. No little secret because uh, what friends do, we shared things. Chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. And yes, exactly. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered 100% real chocolate. Also make again your birthday with Built Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake. I'm a sucker for it. Enrobed in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. Again, I love it. You'll love it. 150 calories, 16 grams protein, and 9 grams of sugar. Limited flavor in this one here as a a limited time flavor is uh, an amazing option for you or if you're looking for a healthy way to eat and uh, have a good variety in your day. So go to Built.com to get the birthday cake puffs now. Again, built.com using promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Keith. I got my birthday cake puff. Look at you, showing off. Showing off. That's But that's how we do it. Look at that. Mm-hmm. That's not even just product placement. <laughs> it's product enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, enjoying uh, a lot of Doc Rivers' work, not a lot of Sixer fans did, but we've been waiting to find out, and normally things happen. They're, 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 they're uh, shared with us immediately, and that was what was happening on Friday. President of Basketball Ops, Daryl Morey, stating clearly Doc Rivers will be back for his third season as the Sixers head coach. He has liked the job that Doc Rivers has done. They work well together, as he pointed out. 100 regular season games they've won over the two seasons and the two playoff exits in the second round. Keith, were you surprised to hear Daryl Morey say that Doc Rivers is back? No, I wasn't surprised to hear that. I mean, I know a lot of people were. And, you know, basically, I don't think even if Doc wasn't coming back, and I do think he's coming back if it's his choice, right? I mean, because I think there will be some teams who will go after him, and we'll see how that shakes out, right? Um, and I know he's under contract, but people got to realize he was under contract when he was in Boston, and the, and the Clippers really wanted him, and they worked out a deal. So I'm not I'm not saying, like, this is happening. I'm just saying, like, I never close the door on things and, until I see him back, right? But when you look at this season – you know, and I think that, to be honest with you, the struggles of James Harden, when you look at James Harden's struggle, you see Joel Embiid go down. It's one of those things where you knew it wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. When you when, And we talked about this before. You look down at the Miami Heat bench and you see Duncan Robinson not coming off the bench but one game, right? You knew it wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. When you see Victor Oladipo come off the bench, who would have who was who who would have been the third best player on a Sixers team come off the bench? You knew it wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. Tyler Hero 
coming off the bench, six man. It wasn't Doc. So it, it like, and and again, I hate saying this. I said it before, I, but and I keep going back at it again and again. He showed up to the gunfight with a butter knife from Chick Fil A. He hit a hard piece of chicken, and the butter knife cracked. Right? How can you fight with that? And it's not, and it's not a knock against the guys on the team, but it is they don't have like outside of their starters and outside of Malice, uh, excuse me, Matisse Thibel, they don't have athleticism. And all of their starters aren't athletic. They don't have complete players. You have a guy who can defend, but he can't shoot. You got a guy who can shoot, but he can't dribble. You got you, you know what I mean? It's like it's a lot of different things that this bench had to whereas you look at the Phoenix Suns, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, you look at Miami, you look at all the teams that were playing in the second round outside of the Sixers, and you realize that Doc Rivers really didn't have the type of roster that other people had. And that's why I think that you have to bring them back. Like it's up to the front office to get players in here. As hard as that may be, that's is up to them. I don't think Red Auerbach would have won a championship with this roster. Yeah, it was about the roster construction. It wasn't much about what Rivers did and didn't do. And let's start when you brought up Harden and dealing with the injuries for and B later on in the second half of the season towards actually in the playoffs, uh, you got to go back to the beginning, man, where Simmons wasn't there. So you're without your second best player. And sure, it could sound like an excuse, but it's real. When you're building a team, you build them around your top players. He was one of your top players and he wasn't there. He wasn't available. And they still found a way to be in the top part of the Eastern Conference standings before the trade was made for James Harden. And I've never I've never been the biggest Doc Rivers supporter, but you have to give credit where credit is due for what he did in helping to hold things together, to have them in that position, to have the second best record in the Eastern Conference when it was all said and done at the end of the regular season. So I wasn't surprised to hear that he was coming back. And as you pointed out, things can change because look at what happened with him with the Los Angeles Clippers. He was coming back and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, we saw the report come out that they were um, parting ways and he was going to be available out on the open market. And the fact that he was going to sit out a season. And that was another thing. He wasn't going to coach again. And then he got the right offer. And that right offer was to join the 76ers for him. So anything can change going forward. That was the day after Daryl Morey wanted to get it out of the way. He got it out of the way. Things could change, but I do believe like you, Keith, that he will be back for the next season with the 76ers. Now, third year, there will be more pressure on him, especially if they make the necessary moves in the offseason to improve this basketball team with the more complete players that you just talked about, where you're having some versatility and not just specialists on this basketball team. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, there will be some pressure, but again, they got to get the players here. I mean, they have to because you know, and it's, it's like if we want to be 100, like think of the players who the Sixers got after the draft. Now, again, you know, last year they, they had the draft, right? I mean, two years ago, and that's when they went out and they traded for Seth Curry. Um, they they traded for um, uh, Danny Green. You know, they, they, they got some guys like that, right? But then when you, when you think about, like, um, who the Sixers have – got at the at the trade deadline, you know, and and free eight and in the buyout market, 
you know, it, it really, you know, they really didn't do a lot. Like they really didn't get a lot of quality guys. If you really want to think about it. George Hill might've been the best guy that well, George Hill was the best guy they picked. Well, yeah, recently, because if you can go all the way back to Bellinelli and Illa Silva, yeah. and that was the best. That was the best. Well, James Hart, we got to say that James Harden was the best player. Well, he right? counts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but then also he counts. So James Harden. But outside of that, you know, you make a trade for George Hill, right? You get Anthony Tolliver in the buyout market, right, who was sitting on the street, right? He was just unemployed. Yeah, so you yeah. get Anthony Tolliver. Okay, so and it didn't – um. So that's who it is, George Hill and Anthony Tolliver last year to a team that was wanting to be a championship contender. Mm -hmm. George Hill, you let go a year later. Anthony Tolliver gets waived. Okay, so this year you you look at it and you say Paul Millsap, James Harden, DeAndre Jordan, right? Now, Anthony Tolliver was washed. DeAndre Jordan, you could say, is washed. Um, No, he uh, is washed. Uh, yeah. Paul Millsap, you could say, is washed, right? So it's kind of like these upgrades that they're getting or these additions are guys who they're not, like, ready to play. What they are, they're bringing leadership to the lot, to the team, but which is, you know, good, but you need somebody to play. And they just haven't been able to do that. So do you blame the coach for that? No, you can't blame the coach. You can't blame the coach. No, no. There are things always that happen in the moment where we have our questions and we look at those things. But you're right. That's that's a roster thing. And, and they have to improve the roster. Now, Keith, for the people who didn't hear Danny Green, we saw the uh, the terrible leg injury to him in the final game. It was reported that uh, the team saying that it's a uh, torn ACL and an MCL, uh, pardon me, LCL as well as the ACL. So now you have that where he was on a, a two-year deal. Second year was a team option uh, to pick up his, his contract and keep, there's no reason for them to do so now because uh, you can't have that kind of money locked up into your salary cap and taking up a roster spot, unless you're going to get some t- sort of um, injury exemption from the league, some hardship for next season. Uh, there's no need for them to pick up that option. And, and you know, that's the nature of the business. That's the ugly side of the business, right, where uh, a guy gets injured and it's a team option and they're not going to pick it up unless they do some good faith thing, pick it up and have them sitting around and again get that that uh, NBA hardship roster spot and some money thing for them next year, some salary cap relief there. But uh, other than that, man, they have to have a lot to do with this roster a lot to do with this roster outside of, let's say, your top four players. You have questions from five on out with this roster, and that's where that's how important this offseason is going to be about them figuring that out, five through everything else. Now, look, I'm not ignoring the Harden part. I mean, there are questions about Tobias Harris. What do you do with him? He had really good playoffs. His last two games, not so good. But the two be- the, the games before, he was – the most consistent player on the team uh, throughout the postseason. So there are questions all up and down. And uh, having Doc Rivers back, that's not one of them. That's set. Now it's about the roster and what they need to do, coming together collectively to fix the problems that they have, which continue to have them uh, exiting the playoffs in the second round. So, yeah. I agree. I agree, my man. man. Well, listen, on our next one, and we'll start to do a lot of different things, like look at the roster, 
who should be back, who who won't be back, or who should be back and who should not be back, in our opinion, uh, about this basketball team. Again, a lot of questions, not just with the five on out filling out the roster, but the players in the starting lineup that we mentioned as well, from James Harden to Tobias Harris. So we'll do that on our next episode, but we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, where Locked On experts are covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, thank you. Thank you. Hey, y'all, I want y'all to do yourself a favor and follow my man, uh, Divine, at DivineG975. You can follow me. I'm, we're talking about on Twitter. I'm just okay. saying this on Twitter. And then you can follow me at Pompeii on Sixers. And then also what you can do is you can subscribe to this uh, podcast wherever you get your podcast at. And make sure you go to our YouTube channel, Locked On 76ers YouTube channel, and subscribe to that as well. Yep. Appreciate it, everybody. We thank you for hanging out with us together for basically the second half of the the regular season and the postseason, and we appreciate your your uh, your continued listening, your support, and and all of that, your feedback on things. And yeah, we know sometimes the things are not perfect, especially with some of the audio things on my end. We've got it all figured out, and uh, we'll be running with you as well throughout the off season as we try to figure things out with this basketball team and, and trying to see where they go from here, how to improve this team. First things first, the draft combine, just going and doing that. Keith, you'll be there, right? Yeah, I'll be there. I'm heading there to Chicago uh, later on today. (laughs) So Keith will be there. Draft lottery will be uh, put, the order will be put together on Tuesday. And then we start to get together for a a lot of the draft situation. Now the Sixers, we'll we'll find out what their deal is, whether they'll have the pick. Their pick for this year was sent in the James Harden deal to Brooklyn. Brooklyn can actually say we don't want it this year because it's so bad. And we'll give it back to the Sixers. So we don't know yet if the Sixers will have a first-round pick. But if they do, we'll cover all of those things with some future players to talk about, some prospects, and obviously the current roster of players and who should and should not return uh, on this basketball team. But Keith, have a safe trip, man, and uh, we'll be talking to you from Chicago uh, on the next episode. Thanks, man. All right, bro. Good talking to you. And, and thank you all for listening. Thank you.